Hello, I'm Paul Petrunia, and this is Arconnect Sessions. Today, in partnership with Exhibit Columbus, we're introducing Next Up Exhibit Columbus, our five-part series of conversations with the curators of Exhibit Columbus and the recipients of the J. Irwin and Xenia S. Miller Prize. The designers awarded the Miller Prize were each selected for their commitment to the transformative power that architecture, art, and design have to improve people's lives and make cities better places to live. Each designer or team was tasked with creating a site-specific installation in or around the city of Columbus, Indiana. Our conversations touch on each project within the context of the designer's body of work, the process involved during the research and development, and finally discussing each installation in detail. The installations will be unveiled in person with a preview party on August 20th and will be open to the public from August 21st to November 28th. To begin, our conversation today is with Mimi Zeiger and Iker Gill, co-curators of the current ex- iteration of Exhibit Columbus. Mimi Zeiger is a critic, editor, curator, and instigator. She was co-curator of the U.S. Pavilion for the 2018 Venice Architecture Biennale and curator of Soft Schindler at the Mack Center for Art and Architecture. Her writing can be found in print and across the web, starting with Loud Paper, a zine she started in 1997. Iker Gill is an architect and director of Mass Studio, a collaborative architecture and design firm based in Chicago. He's also the editor-in-chief of the quarterly design journal Mass Context and has co-curated or curated numerous exhibitions. Mass Context's first published book, Radical Logic on the Work of Ensemble Studio, has just recently been released. We start our conversation with Mimi responding to my question about how Exhibit Columbus fits within the context of international architectural events. Uh, Welcome, Mimi and Iker. You're both experienced curators, critics, and writers. Uh, Based on your professional experiences, how do you feel Exhibit Columbus fits in the world of architectural events? Hi, Paul. It's great to be here to talk about Exhibit Columbus, which is kind of unique in the way that it thinks about being in that world of biennials, triennials, um, in the fact that it is a city where it is the city itself that is the spawn for the installations that happen inside of it. So the projects that are invited to the Columbus are also to varying degrees about Columbus, which I think is different, say, than if you were going to Istanbul or Venice for a biennial or even Chicago. Yeah, and I think it's a, you know, it's a city that it's, um, it has an impressive history of mid-century architecture and how it fosters civic life. So it really is trying to understand what that legacy is and position that within the the current you know the current world of architecture of society and thinking about its future so it's it's an kind of like a remarkable opportunity to think about to build upon a remarkable um, legacy but also move it forward what are the short-term and long-term goals of exhibit columbus well exhibit columbus had its first exhibition in 2017 and then again in 2019. And now with 2021, Anserac um, and Richard McCoy, um, Anserac is the director of Exhibit Columbus and Richard McCoy is one of the founders and now uh, the director of Landmark Columbus. 
they wanted to get another perspective. They had been working within themselves and within it with advisors to select the the teams and also to frame the concept. This is the first time that they've invited outside curators to the party, Iker and myself. And I think that move reflects sort of a greater interest in engaging the big ideas that are within architecture and design and really seeing how those big ideas land within um, a community setting or within the kind of city of Columbus. Columbus has this legacy of mid-century modern design. J. Irwin Miller sort of set forth this sort of ambitious plan that architecture could really have a impact on what civic life and society might be like. And we're at a moment in time now where that legacy holds, but is also in need of a reevaluation, a refresh, and a reframing, both for the people in Columbus who would live and work in and around um, these buildings, but also for everybody else, the folks who are outside of Columbus and are looking in and you know, trying to figure out like, you know, what are the kind of the real meat of architecture these days, given all everything that's going on, um, whether it's social, political, environmental at this time. Yeah. And in terms of like, you know, how do we think about it as a short term and long term? Uh, one one thing that Mimi and I have been working is like, how do we embrace a long timeline for the cities like the past, present and future? And specifically for within the time frame of the two years of the cycle of Exhibit Columbus, like how do we begin to introduce those themes throughout the conversations with the community, then with the symposium, the design presentations, and then the series of presentations that we've done afterwards, and then the exhibition. So it's taking this idea of the two years to begin to set up conversations, make sure that as many people as possible are engaged, but also that once the once the cycle it's it's over, the themes and the thinking is not over. Like that, those those themes continue to be explored in different ways. That there is a legacy there that it gets picked up by other people, and it just continues. So it's make it as meaningful as a two year cycle, but also that there is a longer time frame for that work to be explored and and be reevaluated as things change and, and evolve. And our design teams, as well as in the symposium. Um, are also picking up on work that is already going on in Columbus. And there are community partners who presented with the design symposiums who are um, kind of, we're trying to highlight some of the work that they're doing um, with the symposium and that that sparked inspiration for some of the projects that you'll be seeing in August. So that there's a way that and we're sort of integrating with what's already going on. This isn't a come in, you know, just, drop a piece of art and go away, but that this is a kind of two-year cycle. It's also will be the bicentennial year of Columbus. So really a moment of reflection on the city itself and in thinking about the thematic of it, and we can talk a little bit more about that as well, is thinking about what is the future of the middle city through new middles is really about sort of introducing a kind of plurality of futures um, into a place which has in a way been branded really only around its manufacturing and its modernism. And we're trying to sort of crack that open and sort of present, uh, I don't know, kind of many timelines, if if you will. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in in the theme New Middles. How was that conceived? Where 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 did that come from? And and can you elaborate a little bit on how how that theme is defined? So 
the theme is basically it's based is what is the future like new middles from main street to megalopolis what is the future of the middle city and the idea is to explore the future of the center of the u.s and all the regions that are connected by the mississippi watershed and just kind of like thinking that columbus is like a key place, but it's a middle within, like among other middles, it's part of a larger network, a network of relationships, multiple centers in a way that people are connected in many other ways that are more thinking about it maybe in ecological systems and that goes beyond political borders. So it's really to think about what is the future of the concept of, of middle and as Mimi said, like thinking about it as its own condition in relationship to demographics, to health uh, aspects, but really not thinking about just in geographic terms or not thinking about being average of or neutral, but really thinking about what is its own condition and how do we begin to make visible some of those relationships that might not be evident when we just look at Columbus in itself. And it's a kind of recentering, if you will. It's about thinking about what is the center of the United States and what might be our preconceived ideas of that center, and then allowing that kind of preconception to fall away uh, and start to get at the the kind of many middles, the, the watershed, this network of interconnections that are between different middle cities. Um, many of our participants are from places within the watershed region. And also to think of, about, you know, for Columbus to reflect on itself about being both this sort of highly special, unique place, but also what, you know, the things that impact Columbus are shared questions, right? Share, shared with other cities of the same size, other in, you know, whether those are on the coast or whether those are in the Rust Belt or whether those are indeed in the middle. So architectural discourse is historically kind of been centered around the the major metropolitan areas. In the U.S., it's usually East Coast, West Coast. I'm wondering where Columbus and the Midwest in general fits into the contemporary architecture discourse. Well, as you know, I'm from L.A. I'm, a, I'm one of the coasts, and Iker is in Chicago. But as we triangulate to Columbus, you know, many of the best architects out there throughout the 20th century made work in Columbus, you know, whether that was I.M. Pei or uh, Aero Saarinen, you know, these came with a kind of idea like a that this architecture was sort of linked to a better city. And so I think that is the kind of historic discourse of that city. But through Exhibit Columbus and through New Middles, I think we're trying to pick up on some of the more research-based practices that have been doing work and sort of making a kind of deeper connection both to place, but to the kinds of issues that are impacting not just designers, but everyone right now. So Eker had mentioned sort of questions of health and ecology. There's also questions of identity and colonization. So, and even questions of say, interspecial relationships or how we understand utopia. So these are kind of big ideas, but in a way they get to be played out at the scale of the installation in relationship to these legacy buildings. And, and I think that makes for a really interesting tension in, in relationship to time and the temporal, right? That we have something that is maybe fixed in time and then these sort of speculations on what might be next for architecture. 
and Columbus, I think it showed a way to think about it as, you know, Mimi mentioned, like on the 20th century, it really positioned Columbus as these ideals of investment in civic buildings. And it created this sense of kind of like a laboratory to think about what was possible. And so with, with Xavier Columbus, we can, we can incorporate it. It's kind of like, that's a great business card. It's a great way to, to, to have something that already makes you different. But it's like, okay, what are the stories that were as relevant that maybe haven't been at the forefront? What are the stories right now that are important? And how do you use that tradition to, to think about a place in a careful way as Columbus did? But then how do you think about that in a new way? How do you create new models to maintain that idea of civicness without having to build new buildings? And we're, we're very excited about the participants of this year because they are taking their research and these important themes that we're facing today kind of like very seriously and at the same time providing ways about thinking about the future and thinking about multiple ways of, of thinking about it. And I think that, that conversation that has we've had with them that they have had with the different community members has been fascinating uh, and it it really has resonated with them and and seeing about what the future can be for um, the place that they live well speaking of the uh, participants i'm i'm curious to hear about how the recipients of the j irwin and zenia s miller prize were were chosen could you give a little insight into into that decision making and some of the the designers that that are involved in this sure it was a pretty lengthy process. There was many people proposed as a team, um, which included Iker and myself and Serac and Janice Shimisu from Exhibit Columbus. You know, we really were looking for designers that were at a point in their careers where a project like this would be very meaningful. We were looking for designers who had a track record as well of sort of engaging publics and community. But we were also trying to sort of pick up on these practices that had research sort of embedded in them. And when I say research, like folks who were kind of interested in ideas that went beyond sort of discursive or formal engagements. So there were things going on in the real world that they you know, that they had an urgency that they wanted to work through, through design. And I think that last part, that bit of that urgency was pretty key in sort of how we began to make a selection. Yeah. And there were, you know, the the five firms that were, that ended up being selected. I mean, we also knew that they resonated with Columbus and some of the aspects that we wanted to touch upon. And, you know, Sam Jacob was thinking about like archetypes or thinking about Main Street or, you know, thinking about nighttime with future firm or ecosystem urbana with more playfulness, like the idea of, of play and just kind of like thinking about who are teams that are have an ongoing research that would be willing to engage with that, again, the history of Columbus, but also the constituents, like just thinking about how they can work with with uh, students, the high school, thinking about those who are now represented and the, like the night owls or what Main Street was and what it can be now. And just kind of like being, maybe mentioned before, not just coming here from outside and dropping a, a, an installation that has, you know, that stays there for three months that has no reference or no connection with um, with the local conditions, but find a way to make that meaningful and, and make participants and the community, uh, you know, work together. You know, like we were working to, you know, really get people excited and the 
pandemic made it a little hard for teams to come to Columbus. And so a lot of the work that we've been doing is trying to get people either safely to Columbus or really trying to communicate the Columbusness out to them, whether that's through, you know, sort of FaceTime walkthroughs or photographs or maps or conversations with community members. And I'm thinking about uh, when uh, Tom and Jennifer from Dream the Combine visited Columbus, they were able to get there um, sort of in the early-ish days of the pandemic when it seemed a little safer to do so. And, you know, I think they were coming from Minneapolis after a summer with the murder of George Floyd and coming to a place called Columbus and not really knowing what to expect by that. You know, the naming is provocative, it can be made into a provocation. And I think their work has become extremely thoughtful and a kind of a meditation on um, well, what does Columbus even mean? So their piece is called Columbus, Columbia, Colombo, Colón. And it's looking at all the different places that are named after Christopher Columbus and thinking about you know, his colonialist legacy, right? And they're doing that not as a, a kind of beating over the head, but actually as kind of an embodied experience about how do you understand your place in the world? And so I think one of the things that we're really trying to nurture is for people to understand the complexity of Columbus. I think it's very easy to stand back and just sort of think about it as this city full of architectural icons or think about it even as a mid-sized town in the middle of Indiana that doesn't, you know, that may not seem super sexy to some people. But when you get actually deeper into it, we see that this is a place where we're kind of, we can begin to sort of really kind of dig in to the kind of thoughtfulness of questions that are around what comes after modernism or questions about, you know, what happens when the, the river that runs through the city and is ultimately connected back to the Mississippi, like what happens when that, that is dealing with sort of ecological change, right? So even though we're operating in sort of a small scale space, our participants have managed to find sort of hooks within uh, and sort of ideas within the city that resonate sort of much farther along. I'm curious about the decision to bring in designers from outside of the U.S. Sam Jacob is from London, Ecosistema Urbano, Spain. Was that an intentional decision to, to integrate kind of an international selection of uh, designers, or did they just happen to kind of fit the bill for the type of designers that you were seeking for this project? Well, in the long list that we had identified initially and through our conversations, we thought that they were great candidates, but they also have a clear connection with the U.S. Like Ecosistema Urbano has been doing projects in Florida. They are based in Miami. They teach at Harvard. And Sam Jacob has been also teaching at UIC for several years in Chicago and was very familiar with Columbus. So while they they are their origins is from you know London and Madrid, they have a, an investment and an interest in the U.S. and a clear understanding of uh, you know the conditions here. So that was that was key. Uh, I think we that was one of the requirements that there was some connection with with the U.S. And also, if we think about the uh, like Ecosistema working in Miami, like we wanted to we wanted to connect to the full 
watershed. So well, Miami's not really, you know, the part of the Gulf Gulf, but, you know, sort of making that full connection north to south. Um, so we're also working with lateral office out of uh, um, Canada. So, you know, that full spread of the of the watershed was was important to capture. Um, and yeah, and Sam has uh, been teaching at UIC. And I think with his work in which he is thinking about questions of utopia coming from Thomas More and the kind of European sort of way of looking at the United States uh, and that kind of frontierism and of what that sort of utopia might be, and then really calling it into question. And so I, he's got a way of being able to sort of have almost an outside understanding of the U.S. And I think that gives us a interesting reflection about, you know, about what what is the middle of America as seen from the outside, but also his own interest in the Venturi Scott Brown's work and how that might play out on a main street is, I think, also important. Like we got very excited when we started to think about how Sam Jacob would sort of deal with the conditions of storefronts and signage along Washington Street uh, in Columbus. There was an opportunity for people like Ecosistema Urbano who have been, you know, have a successful practice in Spain for many years, have been really exploring what public space means in the context of, of Spain or play or bringing communities together and then begin to think about how do you translate that to the U.S.? What are the, you know, what are the conditions here and what are the opportunities to rethink certain aspects from their experience and then introduce certain elements that might allow us to think about you know how we come together how in their case how do we think about education how do we think about public space and so i think this is kind of like the, a good a good opportunity about people who want to who are very embedded into the current conditions in the u.s but also can bring up a fresh perspective I think in the case of Ecosistema and Sam Jacob, it's, I think that's a great opportunity uh, that they are both having, a, having their presence in both places. Yeah, that's what I've noticed while talking to some of these designers is that the proximity they have to Columbus, Ohio, or the Midwest uh, is does not necessarily... Columbus, Indiana. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Columbus, Indiana, of course. It doesn't... I mean, it seems like there are some really fascinating investigations that have happened during this process from an outsider perspective, which it comes at an interesting time where, you know, this last year, we've all kind of abstracted our sense of of, uh, of being local, you know, while, while we've been working through Zoom and and remotely with people around the world, you know, it, it questions, it, may, it it's made me question, you know, the the importance of uh, being close to the context in a, in a, in a situation or a, in a, with a program like this and the value of kind of introducing outside ideas. Yeah, I think, you know, like Olaleka and Jafeus' project dug deep into Columbus's architectural archives and found two major exhibitions on African and Black art that took place in the library in 1969, the year that the library opened. Those exhibitions had largely been forgotten by the general populace of Columbus, and he is working to make those visible in many different ways through sculpture, through AR, in his piece. And I think one of the things that's so profound about this piece is this is something that was hiding in plain sight 
And it tells us that the narratives that we maybe inherit are not always the fullest narrative. And so for Exhibit Columbus through New Middles to be able to reclaim and sort of bring forward this history, I think is really important for understanding what Columbus is going to look like in the future, because it, you know, it's, we've started the timeline over again. This is now a timeline that now includes these two exhibitions and changes who we understand as being part of this community. There is something really interesting about Columbus in this sense, and I think the Lakes project is amazing because it's like it's a it's a narrative that existed there. He's not creating anything new. He's just like revealing something that was present, that it was important enough to be one of the first exhibitions in the library. And it talks a little bit about the the legacies and how we talk about them and maybe how it's the positive thing, but maybe also the challenging aspect of Columbus, where you have maybe an oversimplification of thinking like about the the mid-century architecture, that it's important, but it's also maybe overpowering other narratives. And, you know, I grew up in Bilbao and I see the same thing, that many great things that are happening in Bilbao got completely overshadowed by the Guggenheim. It doesn't mean that it's not part of the story, but there are many other things that, that are harder to bring to the surface or to discuss in similar terms. So I think the what Exhibit Columbus does, and it's a great opportunity is now to say, great, there is this legacy pieces, there is this incredible opportunity, this architecture that it's part of our history, but then there are other aspects that are as important that they need to be part of that conversation and that reflect the many histories and stories of those who have contributed to Columbus. So when will the public be able to visit these installations in person? The exhibition opens to the public on August 21st. And, you know, we're really excited that we'll be able to host an opening in a you know coming out of the pandemic it helps that these are 13 site responsive installations that are outdoors so we are welcoming folks to come that weekend i think it i think it's going to be both much needed for the community in columbus but also much needed for the design community as a whole to be able to find ways to come back together absolutely i Really hope that I'll be able to make it out for that opening. And I mean, it's uh, just based on on what I've seen through the renderings. It it looks like quite a uh, quite an amazing selection of of installations to to browse. Well, thank you so much to both of you for taking some time to share your the background and thoughts into into this year's or this iteration of Exhibit Columbus. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you, Paul. We hope you enjoyed this first installment of our Exhibit Columbus Next Up series. Stay tuned each week for new installments featuring conversations with the Miller Prize recipients, including Dream the Combine, Ecosistema Urbano, Future Firm, Olalakan Jeffus, and Sam Jacobs Studio. To learn more about Exhibit Columbus and the upcoming 2021 exhibition, go to exhibitcolumbus.org. If you have any questions or feedback you'd like to share with us, you can leave a comment on Arconnect or send an email to connect at arconnect.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode.